0: I want to especially welcome all our viewers that watch via the internet. It's wonderful to know that we've got a great congregation out there and great, not with an emphasis just on numbers, but great in the sense of people where we can see the grace message live in their hearts and it manifests God in their lives. It's wonderful to know that we can have such a congregation all over the world. I just thought to just put this um, this special invitation and the special thank you in the front of our message today, to just say that I appreciate you guys. It's wonderful to know that you guys are out there sticking to the gospel of grace, winning people in your area, starting cell groups, reaching out to individuals, sharing the links, and all those kind of things. Thank you so, so much. I especially want to thank those that share the link. Last last week, I saw a lot of hits on our website that came from Facebook because of the high amount of shares that was um, done by individuals. So the share that you've done, you know, on your page really brought a lot of people to the site. I think we had like 1,500 to 2,000 views of last Sunday service which is awesome um, you know I, I thank God that many people want to watch this and that many people's lives are impacted by this today I'm going to preach a little bit on baptism and just the importance of um, or just not just the importance but to explain what the Jewish person understood when it comes to baptism. Thank you so much again for being involved in the spreading of the gospel of grace. I also want to thank all those that uh, contribute financially towards Dynamic Love Ministries. The fact that you give, on a fa- give faithfully, you know, really enables us to preach the gospel, to continue with the ministry, to reach out to people. Today I'm going to go to uh, a white squatter camp in South Africa and I'm going to drive through there because God's been putting up on my heart. Let me put it this way, I, I'm getting the desire to work there and uh, we'll see if we can take some pictures. Otherwise, I'll download some pictures from the, from the internet and just show you guys what's going on there. We're going to work in that area. Um, you know. So, just, I want to thank everybody that gives towards this ministry via PayPal. If you are feeling in your heart to share the gospel with somebody, don't be ashamed to click on the share button. Um, you know on your Facebook page many people can be impacted that way enjoy the service God bless you like I said I'm going to talk a little bit about baptism but it's actually going to be a little bit more about how uh, people were made disciples of Jesus Christ in the time when he was um, on the earth and the early times after that it also includes uh, the the way in which the Pharisees made disciples uh, you know because if we think in our normal mindset you know what is the big thing about baptism we had so many church splits about baptism you know it is should we baptize a baby should be baptized a grown-up you know uh, and then when we baptize him uh, in South Africa I don't know if it is overseas like that we've got the AFM that believes in putting you under three times and then we've got the van evangelie and onder. You know, only once and we don't know which is the right way And uh, it all became a a thing about a method on baptism. You know, should a child be baptized? Should a grown-up be baptized? I want to start off this way. You don't have to be baptized. You don't have to be baptized. Amen. Because the whole thing about baptism has brought so much division in the church that it was all about the baptism and the sacrament of baptism and not about uh, what it actually was standing for believing in the truth that it signifies now I'm not saying that you shouldn't be baptised now please don't hear that because I'm saying you don't have to be baptised but it's not a sin to be baptised ok so uh, Yvette, I say, a pastor years ago taught me this you must always say what you say and you must say what you don't say because otherwise people only hear what you don't say and they don't leave any room for them to think for themselves because then it's a problem. You know, make sure you say what you mean. And um, so I'm not against baptism. I've been baptized, you know, I've struggled so much with baptism, I can't even know how many times I've been baptized because I thought it was all in the method, you know. At first I was christened as a baby and then in the Dust Reformed Church, which basically was what we have um, in the Charismatic and Pentecostal circles, a, a dedication where we say I dedicate my baby to the Lord and to to train this child up in the way of God and then I I had that and then when I uh, uh, received Jesus as my Savior in when I was 17 years of age uh, then the first thing that happened was people came to me one of my friends and said to me you need to be baptized and uh, then um, you know my mom and dad didn't want me to do that and uh, so I said well wait until I'm finished with school so when I was in the army I went and I obeyed God you know, by being baptized because it was an act of obedience. I don't know why I did it. I don't know what happened there. I just heard people say something supernatural is going to happen. Some power is going to come when you are baptized in water. We don't know why it is but there's just this awesome power in baptism. And I uh, went and got baptized and felt nothing just got wet, you know, and the, the worst thing of all was I was thinking I was going to be baptized once and the guy put me under three times, <laughs> so it was confusion, <laughs> so, um, and, and, and the, then later on I felt, you know, well, I didn't, I didn't have enough breakthrough in my life, so maybe it was because the baptism was wrong, so then I went and had myself baptized again by a friend, you know, once, just in the river. And then nothing changed as well. It's like communion. You know, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 11, it talks about the communion. It's in taking bread and wine, you know what bread and wine is going to do for you? Nothing. What does something is what you believe when you take it. That's what does the whole thing. And, and in Corinthians it says, listen guys, you, you, many of you are struggling because when you come to the communion table, you don't even know what the body and the blood is all about. What Paul was actually saying to the church in Corinth is, you don't even understand the gospel. And that's why you're not experiencing the gospel fruit because you're not actually believing in the gospel. You are thinking that the communion is just about becoming full, you know, and the one is drunk, and the other one is hungry. They got drunk in church, at the communion table. Okay, Not even knowing what the body was really for. And Paul came and explained to them what the blood of Jesus was actually for, and what the body of Jesus was actually for. And we know today that the body that was broken was the law body, the body of disqualification, which says you are not good enough, you're not the God kind, you need to measure up, the the, the body that will always condemn you unto a life of destruction was broken, so that every human being today is accepted because of what Jesus Christ has done, okay, the blood talks about the old life that flowed away, all my sins that was taken away, and that I stand innocent before God, not that I will be innocent, that I am innocent, because of the blood that has flowed, and I make use of my innocence when I believe in Jesus Christ. Now when it comes to baptism, it's also a thing which, like I would say, in, um, if, if you take a communion, it does something for you in the sense of, it's a physical sign, that you, something that you do in remembrance of what God has done. In the same with baptism, but we, we in the Western world, doesn't understand baptism. It was never actually part of our culture to baptize people. It was a Jewish thing, you know, and, and an Eastern thing where people would be baptized. And um, this is the way it worked. The Pharisees would go and make disciples. If you go and read, and, and I'm going to just read that verse quickly, you can just jot it down if you want, or just get the CD later. In Matthew 23, verse 16, it says, it talks to the Pharisees, it says, you go over land and sea to make one disciple and make him twice as much a son of hell as what you are yourself okay so what they did was they went and made disciples that word disciple there is the word proselyte okay what that meant was and and then you got two types of disciples of the Pharisees the one was someone that said and these were Gentiles the Jews went to the Gentiles to get disciples to become Jewish and what they did was there was a whole procedure that they went through in order to be a disciple Number one, okay, there was two types of disciples. The one that said, okay, I'm not going to be circumcised, and I'm not going to be baptized, but I'm going to start to follow the customs of Moses. I'm going to start to live right. Okay? And then there was what was called the righteous um, disciple, which was the one that was willing to be circumcised, baptized, and then follow the customs of Moses. So that was the whole procedure. You had to be circumcised, baptized, and follow obey the law and that's how disciples was made now if we go and read in Matthew 28 this is what Jesus said now I want to explain it to you and I'm going to explain the baptism Um, or or let me just finish what I want to say there the baptism in that time John the Baptist was baptizing in the Jordan River now what he was actually saying was repent and believe on Jesus, that would come. And when you believe upon Him, He will be the Messiah, the Savior of the world. So what they did was, they were baptized by John. So when they were baptized by John, they were disciples of John. What they were actually saying in the baptism is, I go and I wash myself from my sin. And I also wash myself from everything that I used to believe. And I now believe what this guy preaches. That's why, in today's terms, we can never baptize somebody in our own name. Because, because they can never be your disciple. They become a disciple of Jesus Christ. They're baptized in the name of Jesus. Now, I'm going to explain what baptism in a name also means. And I know this is going to be a little bit of a stretch in our brains because we, we've never been taught these things. And um, I, I decided, you know, when, based on last Sunday's message and then so many questions about baptism that we get via email that I have to make one message on this so that we can just send the CD and I don't have to write a letter. Okay. (laughs) So what happened was, um, baptism was like the sign that I am finished with one thing and I am now a disciple of the new, of this new guy. So, when people were baptized, it was publicly seen by everybody that they now believe a new doctrine. Okay? That's that's basically what it was, and that they are now a disciple of the other one. Now, let's. of, of the new preacher, the guy that preaches. Now, it says here in Matthew 28, verse 19, it says, Jesus said, Go therefore and teach all nations that would teach there is the Greek word disciple. Teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. So the word teach there, this is what it means, is the word disciple, it means to be a disciple of one, to follow his precepts and instructions to make a disciple. So what he said was, get people to follow me. In other words, to believe in me. Then let them be baptized, okay? And then teach them to observe everything I ever commanded you. Now that sounds like this whole recipe. But in the Jewish mind, and even in the Gentile world at that time, that was a way in which you knew I am fully committed to this new doctrine. I am now a disciple of this. He is my master. He is my Lord. What he says is what I believe. Okay, now um, if we read, we, we see here that it says. Let me just um, touch on that as well. It says, "I want you to be baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit." What does that mean? If I am baptized into something, the Bible says in Romans six, we are baptized into His death. It means I believed upon Jesus and the death that He died. I am baptized into it. What that means is. When Jesus died, He died as a law man. And when I'm baptized, it means, as from today, I say that, and I believe in Jesus as my Savior, and I declare that what is true and in Him and what happened to Him happened to me 2,000 years ago. Okay, so what's true in Christ is true in me. So, in today's term, I wouldn't, you know, you would even, you, you can put it this way to make sense for us. When we said, I believe I was baptized into the death of Christ, we today would say, I've believed in the death of Christ. Or another way of saying it is, I've gone to a church where they put a focus on the death of Jesus, where the death of Jesus is seen as my death. That's basically what it meant. It was something in their hearts where they say, I today say what they preach I fully stand for as the truth and I am a disciple of it today. It's like saying uh, like say you had to become a Muslim and there will be a certain ritual that you'll go through. Number one, you will have to believe in, in what they say. So many can say, no, I believe in what they say. But the moment you say, I'm going to the mosque, every, is it a Friday? Okay, I'm going to the mosque. The moment you start to go to the mosque, it is seen as you are now really a Muslim. In your heart, you have connected yourself as a disciple unto that truth. And that is how Jewish baptism worked. There were many people that made disciples in those days. You know, John was one of them. The Pharisees had different sects, different people that would preach, different preachers. And they, the one would interpret Scripture this way, and the one would interpret Scripture that way. And if you believed what he said, then you were baptized into his doctrine. So, baptism was actually, actually something where you say, I am overwhelmed with the truth of what this person say." Now, um, most of the time in the Bible, the study that I made, there's one instance where they mention a christening, where, um, you know, if there wasn't a, a river or something, they would christen somebody. In the book of Acts, there's one suggestion to it. But most of the time it spoke of, the word baptize means it's an overwhelming, and, or, or to put under completely, to immerse completely, to make completely wet, and We've made such a big thing about that in, in water or not water. That's not what it's all about. It's not about. It is when I believe in Christ, and when we come, we say, I am now fully immersed in the message of my innocence. I'm fully being put under the message of His grace. It's like the one song, that that lady that sings, that says, If grace was an ocean, we are all sinking to the bottom of the ocean in the grace of God for he's got a river of love a river of grace he came he offered a new doctrine this is the doctrine that if he was obedient then he was obedient on behalf of every human being so the obedience of every human of of Christ can be written behind the name of every human being and I now as a believer in Christ say I am fully immersed into this truth and that was why water baptism was a sign of what you've done in your heart. That's what it was all about. That's why I say, you know, many people say, if you don't use communion, you can't be saved. Some say, if you don't get baptized, you can't be saved. My goodness, the guy that hang on, was hanging on the cross next to Jesus didn't do any of the two. He didn't use communion, neither was he baptized. But Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. Amen. Glory to God. And babies that die, you know, what, what about a stillborn baby? Is so he going to go to hell because he never used communion or was baptized? Sometimes we get so freaky about things, you know, that, and, and we lose the, the real thing. There's only one way into grace, and that's called faith. We believe in what he has done. And when we were, when baptism takes place, and man, I wish I understood these things, you know, when I was baptized because I was baptized into. I didn't even understand what I was doing. I didn't know. I never had the understanding that I am baptized into his death. What what kind of a death did he die? He died away the first Adam. The first Adam was a man that brought forth the law system, that brought forth sin. When he sinned, everybody became sinners because of his sin. Everybody became disobedient because of Him. Everybody was disqualified because of the sin of one man. And so many times I've mentioned in the church here, that sounds so unfair. But Romans clearly says that through the obedience of one, Jesus Christ, the same many that was made sinners are made righteous. And when Jesus died, He died away the sinful man. Forevermore, So that there's no body anymore standing as the first Adam before God. And when we are baptized, we are saying, I am saying today that I fully identify with the truth in Jesus Christ and I am fully immersed in the truth that His death is my death and I am baptized into His death. You know how many thousands and millions of people and people watching on the internet that's been baptized not even having any clue of what was going on? What were you baptized into? We were baptized into the death of Christ. That's what it says in Romans 6. And then it says we are baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Do you know how beautiful that is? I am baptized into the Trinity. (laughs) I am immersed... Into the Godhead. Where I've got a seat with God. We, never, we, we were having a fight about three times or one time, instead of m- we missed the whole thing, that we are baptized into the Godhead. Glory to God. My prayer can only blame Mark, then Mark may blame. Glory to God, man. You know, yesterday I went cycling, <coughs> and uh, I, I decided to do a crazy thing. So um, I want to get fit for some for a race in January. So I went and cycled France-Hook um, Pass five times. So, <laughs> so, so as So Well, but while cycling up there, you know what was the, the the predominant thought in my mind? It was I'm part of the Trinity. I've got a seat in the Godhead. I am seated with Christ in heavenly places. I am not a servant in the throne room that dusts off the place. I am seated with Him. I am part of the, 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 this whole uh, uh, the, the conversation. My thought is important to God. Because as He is, so am I in this world because of Christ. Christ. And John went so far, he, says, if, he said, listen man, and, and he said, if Jesus appears, when He comes, you will see that, or I think it was Paul says, I don't know what I'll be, but I know I'll be just like Him. That's how, that, that's how he identified that I'm, I've been baptized into the fullness of Christ. So what he actually said is, in, if I take the Jewish sense and I bring it over into the to our world today, I've believed into the fact that I am made one with the Godhead, and that I am seated with Christ in equality with God, because of the doing of God and not my doing. I've believed myself into that truth, for God created that truth in Jesus. Now let me explain it this way. You know, um, we've got a, a, a service on Sundays in the, in, in the afternoon, um, when I'm here in Stellenbosch as well, so last week Sunday evening I drove to Stellenbosch and I preached, and, and this is how it came out. It was such a good analogy. You know, you know the old cell phones, those Motorola bricks. You know them. I boxed in yeah. It flapped open like that, you know, and then you have got this the, the thin battery that lasts one hour, then the thick battery that's a two-hour battery. So, you know Motorola, when they first came out with the cell phone thing, they had a dream for every man. And I, I believe, besides just making money, there must have been somebody in there that had a pure motive, that had a dream, that people can communicate with each other freely without having to go to some phone somewhere. And I don't know if they saw it on Star Trek or wherever they saw it, but they, they got an idea somewhere and they, they had this dream. And for that dream to become true, they first had to make something true. They had to build the phone. Because if they couldn't make a device, how will they sell it? How will they get people to buy into it? How will the life they envision for people, which obviously had their, they had their own benefit in mind as well, how would it ever be born in them if I'm preaching with this young boy? Bless God. <laughs> so, how could, they, how could that ever be born in them unless the product isn't first made? Can you understand what I'm saying? That life can never become true unless something is not true. So, God and for every human being. And the vision that He had for every human being is that we will be exactly like Him. By Him giving us His life. His vision was never for human beings to look to His life and try and copy His life. That was never God's plan. God's plan was to give His life and His quality of life and the way He functions to mankind as a free gift. And that we can see in how He made Adam. He didn't make Adam as a nothing and then Adam had to work up to a something. He made Adam as a everything. When Adam opened his eyes, he's arrived. He was born from God. He was born from the breath of God that entered him. Okay? So that was God's plan and still is God's plan for every human being. Now, for man to be like God... You know, the the, the representative Adam came and he fell into a place where he was not functioning like God. Jesus Christ came, ended that first Adam, brought in himself as the representative of man in God, and went and sat down in perfection forever at the right hand of God. So that there is something that is already true so that the dream that God has for every man can become true so that we can be born from that truth. Amen. Glory to God. And now when I believe upon it, it is not... And, and this is what I, what, what, I, what I think physical baptism can, can have a great uh, uh, benefit to our minds. It's this. When I believe upon this good news... You know, I and sorry for saying this, but you know, I found that many people they will listen to the good news, like what I'm preaching now, and they will listen to one or two other preachers that preach good news. Thank God for that. Listen to as many good news preachers as what you can. Um, and I even want to say, you, didn't, you don't even have to even come to this church. the The idea of this church is to preach this message, so that people can believe in it. Amen. If there's another church that preaches exactly the same thing as what we preach and they've got a different flavor of how they conduct the thing, you like it more there, you know, you are free to go there. The idea is to, to, to get people to believe this good news. That's the motive. Okay? Now, what I find is people listen to good news here and there, but then they will still sit with some other messages where it's all about how you must pay your tithe to be blessed what you must do to have a better life in this world by working spiritual principles in the Bible. And they listen to that all the time and then write emails, life doesn't work for me. You know, I feel condemned. I feel judged. I feel, you know, I still struggle with this. I still struggle with that. But w- w- when baptism came in, in, in Paul's time, Jesus' time, it means, I fully immerse myself in this truth. I fully immerse. In other words, elke plek hier op my life is not, man. Met ander woorde, elke plek van my lichaam en my lewe pas ek hierdie waarheid nou toe. I've become a disciple of this truth and I fully immerse myself in this. Now I want to just say it this way. There's different baptisms baptisms in the Bible. I'm talking about water baptism now, but I just want to also include something else. We have been baptized into the new Adam. Fully immersed by the work of Christ. And you cannot get away from it. He dumped all of mankind into a place free from your contribution where you will never again have life by works righteousness, meaning doing the right thing to have God's quality of life, but you will have quality of life by belief in Him that gave it to you freely. He dumped everybody. He fully immersed everybody into it. He reconciled the whole world unto Himself. What we do now is we acknowledge this reconciliation by saying we accept the fact that You reconciled us unto You by not imputing our sins against us ever again. And now we say in baptism, I immerse myself in this doctrine. (laughs) Hallelujah. The first thing you had to do is you had to be circumcised, okay? Mana <laughs> Testament. Okay, <laughs> Many people want to preach the tithe, you know, but because they say the tithe was before the law. It was with Abraham. But the same with circumcision. So if you want to preach tithing, you must be ready to be circumcised. OK. So now the tithing thing it might be, you know. So, so when we look at circumcision, what is circumcision really? And um, in, we're going to go to, uh, I'm just going to read from Romans 2 quickly. We Look at the three points. Circumcision, baptism, and then obedience to the commands. Um, And Jesus used the same when He said, go and make disciples. He says, go and teach all men. Okay? Get people to enroll. That's what it also means in the Greek. It means get people to be a follower of Me. In other words, to believe in Me. Romans 2. What is is true circumcision? But He is a Jew, which is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart, in the spirit, and not of the letter, whose praise is, is not of man, but of God. So what is true circumcision? It's a circumcision of the heart. What happened in circumcision? Flesh was cut away. Okay? So what is circumcision of the heart? The Bible says, with the heart we believe unto righteousness. Okay? So it means it's a, a change of belief, a cutting away of the flesh in your belief system. Come on. Man. Okay. So what was the flesh? The Jewish system of flesh was... I, as a Jew, had to obey all the commandments to be righteous before God. So it was works, a, a works-orientated message. So true circumcision is when the message of works is cut away out of your belief. If you want to become a disciple of Jesus, what does it mean? How do you become a disciple of Jesus? Have your heart circumcised. How do we have a heart circumcised? I don't believe in works-righteousness anymore. And I fully, then I baptize, I fully immerse myself in this truth and fully identify with the fact that He identified with me in what He did. And the third point, I obey all the commands. What are the commands? Let's read Romans 6. So number one, circumcision. Okay? Circumcision was to say, I believe and I have my belief, all the flesh, the flesh way of believing, cut away from me. Let me just refresh on the flesh. The Bible says in Galatians 3, that have you received the Holy Spirit, by the works of the law, or the hearing of faith? By the hearing of faith, and not the works of the law. They received the Holy Spirit. Okay? Then he said, You that are, that began in the Spirit, in other words, believing in Jesus, do you want to be made perfect by the flesh? Meaning the works of the law. So what is the flesh? The flesh is the works of the law. Working the law to be or have God's quality of life. That's being in the flesh. So to have your heart circumcised means to have the flesh, the belief system of Working the law cut away out of your belief by what Jesus Christ has done. And every child at that time, the the, the babies, every child had to be circumcised on the eighth day. Okay, so what happens with us? We hear the gospel. And then, when we hear the gospel, we say, as we hear this gospel, we are willing to go through circumcision. Meaning, we are willing to have the law system cut away out of our belief. Absolutely. And then, baptism meant, I am now a disciple of this truth. So what we do is we believe upon and then we say, I am a disciple for the rest of my life of this truth that I'll never have any place in my heart for flesh again. For works righteous teaching ever again. And from then I obey the commands. What is the commands? That's a very important question. Um, Romans 6. just find the right verse there from verse 14 just find the right verse here it says from verse 14 for sin shall not have dominion over you for you are not under the law but under grace so, if the Bible says, "Sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace," what makes sin have its dominion? The law. What then shall? What then shall we sin? Because we are not under the law, but under grace. He says, "God forbid, or God will cease sin to exist." Not you. God will in you. Verse sixteen. Know you not that to whom you healed yourself, servants to obey his servant or his slave, you are whom you obey, whether of sin, unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. But God be thanked that you were servants of sin, meaning under the law. You tried to obey laws to be righteous before God, but you have obeyed from your heart that form of doctrine which was delivered unto you. So what is the obedience? The obedience is, Listening and yielding to a new form of doctrine. A new doctrine. A new leerstelling. What is this new form of doctrine? The new form of doctrine is this. That God is three yet one. He's is a trinity. He sits in heaven. He decided to have someone that he wanted to make a being that can feel how it feels to be like him. Then he made man. Then man fell into sin. This God, one of the Trinity, came and incarnated Himself into the sinful flesh and died. When He died, that sinful man died forever. Then He was raised up in a new form of human flesh called glorified human flesh, representing every human being. And then that man went and sat at the right hand of the Father in union with God, and He was completely immersed, made part of the Godhead in human flesh form, representing everybody. That is the form of doctrine. And now, the command, believe this. That's the command. Believe this. When you believe this truth, you are obeying the command. So what is, what is it? Hear the gospel, have the flesh cut away from your belief system. Be a disciple of it. In other words, let every area of your life be taught from that perspective and continually obey it until Jesus comes. Meaning, continue to believe this truth and never deviate from it. The Bible says His commandment is easy. His burden is light. To believe this is easy. It's light. To follow the law is very difficult. And you cannot do it. So, water baptism in the Bible times was when you said, Well, you know, I've believed, my belief system has completely changed. I don't believe in flesh anymore. And I'm fully immersed into this. I am now a disciple of this truth. And then they went on and they obeyed and it was even used in 2 Corinthians 10, or 1 Corinthians 10, where it says, look at the people, they were all, were let out of Egypt, okay, all went through the river, the baptism of the river, and then all went into the desert, and then the Bible says, their God was not pleased with many of them, for they were disobedient, they did not believe, so this is the way we live, we are led out, we, and, and Christ did all of this as well. There's two sides of this whole thing, but let me talk just on water baptism. We were led out. We, we believed upon Him. We went through baptism saying, I'm a disciple of this truth. And then we continue to believe this truth and never deviate from it. That's it. And I found in my life, the more I see this truth, the more I, 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 I ponder upon this truth, I find that every part of my life becomes saturated with this. My thought pattern becomes this way. The way I think about people, the way I think people think. Everything is determined by by this. I want to end off with Romans 6. It says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know you not that as many as were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into His death. Therefore, we were buried with Him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Let me explain that. Very nice way to end the service. He says, Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Now, when we read there, Shall we continue in sin we think of sins. The context there is, shall we continue in the law? That's the context. Because Romans 5, it ends with Romans 5, it says, where sin abounded, it says, sin abounded because of the law, verse 19, then goes on, but where sin abounded, grace abounded even more. Shall we continue in sin? In other words, the place where we stand under the law. No. No. It can also have another meaning of shall we see more of the flesh life manifest when we are under grace. He says no. Don't you know that when you were baptized, you were baptized into his death. So what Paul comes here and he directly connects the life of God, God's quality of life, into what you believe you are baptized into. I mean all of us here was baptized, I'm sure. Ask yourself, when you were baptized, what were you baptized into and what was your mind when you were baptized? If I asked you, your baptism, you know, what does it mean? You know, I think the, the baptism lost its power because we lost the gospel. We lost what the gospel really means. No, if I ask me, what were you baptized into? I was baptized into the death of Christ. So, how do I live a holy life? By the way, he was raised. He was raised by the glory of God. What is the glory of God? Go and study the Greek for the word glory. Glory means a view or an opinion. Jesus was raised from the dead by the view and the opinion he had of the Father. He knew his Father promised him. You can go and read in the book of Psalms the prayer that Jesus prayed while he was in the heart of the earth when he was dead. He prayed and he believed in the Father. He believed in the goodness of the Father. He believed that his Father helped those. Go and read it. I can't remember the exact verse, but when he was in the heart of the earth, this is what he prayed. He says, Father, you helped my forefathers. Calling, talking about other people that God helped in the Old Testament. And he said, they called upon you and you did not neglect them. You helped them. You saved them. And when He was in the heart of the earth, he was, he, His view and opinion of who the Father was raised Him from that dead by the power, not of Him trying to become alive, but by the power of the Holy Spirit. Because the Bible says two things. It says Jesus was raised by the glory of the Father, and also says that He was raised by the Holy Spirit. So, when are we in the Spirit? We are in the Spirit when we've got the right view and opinion of the Father. And that truth will raise us up into a new life where we don't try and live a holy life, but where we find the power that raised Christ from the dead raises Him up in us. He says, shall we continue? Here Paul explains what we were baptized into or in in our terms, what we believed into. By faith we've got access into this grace. What have we believed into? We've believed into the death of Christ. What death did he die? He died away, the flesh man, forevermore, so that he, so that we could be raised the way Christ was raised. Do you know that the the end goal of God, this gospel plan with you concerning a new life was for Him to raise you into a new life? Not for you to raise up a new life, but for Him to raise you up. So if I look at my life, if I look at my ministry, if I look at my family and what we do together, how are we going to have the life God intended for us? By having God bring forth that life in us, simply believing that the law man has died and saying, I am fully immersed in this truth and I'm a disciple of the simple gospel where I'm represented in Jesus at the right hand of the Father. When I see that, I find new thoughts come to my mind, I find new emotions come to my mind, new ideas on how to do things. And the life of God is born in my life by His resurrection power. And all I do is I walk in the glory of God. What is the glory of God? The view and opinion Jesus has of the Father. Amen. If you want to form an opinion of the Father, the Bible says, when Jesus came to the earth, we beheld the glory of God. Full of grace and truth. So when you look at Christ and how He dealt with people, how He cared for sinners, how He gave His life, how He saw value in people, how God fully identified with with a human being to the point that He becomes a human. Like I said many times here, you know, we want to go to heaven, but God wanted to go to human. Have you ever thought of that? He said in Isaiah 66, He says, who shall build a temple for me? a place where I can rest, prophesying to Jesus Christ. And we are the temple of God today. He finds His rest in human flesh to come and rest in a human being. Glory to God. When we see how God loves us, we form our opinion of who the Father is. And that is what is called being in the Spirit. And that Spirit raises up the new life in you. Hallelujah! glory to God man, isn't this good news so now baptism can make sense now, if you want to be baptized, it can make sense glory to God dit is al 5 keer gedoop, wat sê jy? dit is al 4 keer gedoop dit is al 5 keer, like my wil weeg gedoop so amen that is good news that's good news. If anybody, you know, wants to be baptized like this, we'll have a baptismal service next year sometime. For whosoever wants to be baptized and say, I am a disciple of this truth. If you don't want to, you're just as blessed. Glory to God. <laughs> that's the wonderful thing. It's not something you do to get God to do something for you. It's like my mom said to me. She said to me, I don't have to be baptized to be saved. I said to her, that's true. <clears throat> and, yet, and yet, you don't have to use communion to be saved, but yet you use it. So it's not, there's no force about the thing, but we've, we've had such a thing about baptism, that this, it's I am now from that church, or I am now from that, and even in our hearts, we talk about baptism, it's like this, <gasps> something's wrong, but when you really understand what it's about, it's easy. It's easy. Amen. Glory to God. I'm blessed, You blessed. You know, I I like I can't stop thinking of that verse in Genesis 15 where he said, Abraham, don't stress, I am your exceeding great reward. Imagine God comes to you and says to you, Listen, the reward for believing in me is me. You'll inherit God. (laughs) You will not be God but the fullness of God you'll inherit. You will be my friend. That's what the Bible says. Abraham believed God was called the friend of God. The friend of God. Imagine you say, that guy is a friend of Nelson Mandela. A friend of Nelson Mandela. Already you've got some respect for this guy. Because Nelson Mandela likes to visit with this guy. So there must be something in this guy. What's that What now? Don't know Andrian Krayvachan. They was they said there that he was seen as next to Nelson Mandela the most trustworthy person in South Africa. Hmm? There were some old people that said if he doesn't if he reads the news you can believe it. <laughs> yeah, if, if, you read it, if, if you read it, it really happened because he's so trustworthy, he will not read something that he knows is a lie you know, this is, they said that in his life now, now in his life, in the SABC n- never did they find anybody that could find a fault with him he worked there for 37 years he read the news and 40 something years he worked there Now that's a long time. Now if you say Rian Kraywachen is your friend, or somebody says, that guy's a friend of Rian Kraywachen, it speaks of integrity on your side. Isn't it? And Abraham was God's friend. And Jesus comes and He says, I call you all my friends. Because He sees something in us. Hallelujah. Isn't that beautiful? Let's pray together. Father, I want to thank You that we can be here together, gathered around the truth of the Gospel. Thank You that we don't just believe this. We don't just say, well, God, thank You for the good news and I just apply it in a little area where I feel guilty. But where we can say from our hearts we have the flesh circumcised. I want to say to You, the safest place for a new life is when Christ Jesus, in union with the Father, by the Holy Spirit, raises Himself up in you. There's one thing we can be sure of when we want to stand in works righteousness, and that is death. It's promised by the Bi- in the Bible, promised by God. And one thing we can be sure of when we are fully immersed in this awesome truth, and that is eternal life hallelujah thank you father for your peace in jesus mighty name amen and amen hallelujah man thank you guys for coming those of you that want to give there's a box in the back you can just give as you feel